This podcast is presented to you by Passion Church and their campus in Montgomery, Alabama. For more information, visit www.mypassion.church. Well, good morning, Passion Church. Good to see everybody. Well, most everybody. The light's on. I can't always see everybody, but hallelujah. How you doing this morning? Well, I feel like we already had church this morning, so, which is the way it should be, you know. You know, here at Passion Church, you know, what we like to do is, you know, we have certain elements that are important to us, you know, in our worship when we come together like this. And, you know, one is worship. Why don't we start with worship? Because God is worthy. Amen. And, you know, worship helps to clear all the st- stuff out. You know, we, we get all this stuff off of our minds and everything, and, you know, we have the opportunity to focus on Him. And then secondly, Jesus said, my house will be called a house of prayer. And that's the reason that we pray. Amen. We believe that, that God hears and answers prayer, don't you? Otherwise, what's the purpose? Isn't that right? There's always should be purpose in your praying. You know, don't pray just to pray. And now we're going, to, we're going to look into God's Word. So faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So those are the elements that we always try to, to, to make a part of our service. And then, of course, we always want to be open and welcome to what the Holy Spirit wants to do. He wants to go in a different direction. He wants to emphasize something different. He wants to speak to us. We want to be open to that. Amen? So you guys just continue to, to flow with us and hook up there with us in these elements of uh, our service. We believe that God will do what He wants to do in us. All this month, we've been talking about covenant and contradiction. Covenant, we said, allows the rule of God, the kingdom of God, to be extended to and over the kingdom of darkness in the earth. That's why the Bible says we're in the world, but we're not of it. We're not subject to it. We live under, that is, if we live under the covenant. The new covenant. So we are covenant people who live by faith and not by sight. As soon as you start living by sight, you move out from under the covenant. And all the benefits of it, even though they're yours, you don't get the benefits. Well, I want the benefits, don't you? Amen. God provided the benefits so that you could have them. I know that's, that seems so simplistic, but I see so many Christians through the years struggling to get what God's already given. Listen, if God didn't want you to have it, He wouldn't have given it to you. He gave it to you so that you could have it. The blessing of God is so that you might be blessed. Shazam, that's deep, isn't it? Covenant provides a temporary suspension of what Paul called the law of sin and death. He said, the law of the spirit of life, that's covenant, has set us free from the law of sin and death. That's the contradiction. We live in the fallen world. There there is that contradiction that is around us, that faces us. But covenant is greater. Amen? Amen. See, contradiction is what my current circumstances might be that are contrary to what God's will is revealed in the Scriptures. Amen? Whatever God says, that's the way it is. You say, yeah, but it's not the way it is in my life. Then you're dealing with a contradiction. And all throughout history, 
People, believers, Old Testament, New Testament, we're going to look at Abraham some today. They dealt with this covenant and contradiction. As long as you're in this earth, there's going to be contradiction. Now, when we go to be with the Lord in heaven, there's nothing there working contrary. So there's no contradiction there. So everything's automatic. Hallelujah. Nobody up there trying to get peace this morning. Nobody up there trying to get healing this morning. Amen. Nobody up there trying to feel like they belong this morning, that, they're, you know, that, that they've been redeemed, they've been forgiven. Nobody up there trying to get peace this morning. They've already got, I mean, there's nothing contrary to it. But here we face contrary things. Let's look at Genesis 12. Let's look back over there. We're kind of going to review some things today as we kind of try to put a bow on this, I guess you could say. But it's so big, you know, you could teach on this a whole year and still not cover everything. But, you know, we, we can't always camp out. Not everybody likes to camp out on a subject that long. So uh, we, I try to go a, a month at a time unless the Lord leads differently. But, you know, we give you enough to get you started. So if you're interested in learning more about this, take the Scriptures, take these lessons, go back. You can go on YouTube Listen to them again. You can go online. You can find them there. You can get the Scriptures and do your own study. I mean, you know, take it even further. Take it even deeper. Amen? Plow deeper. Plow as deep as you want to go. Amen? Genesis 12, verse 1, The Lord has said to Abram, Go out from your country and your people, your father's household, to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. Whoever curses you, I will curse, and all the people on the earth will be blessed through you. So this is what we call and refer to as the Abrahamic covenant. This is the covenant that God made with our father Abraham. It was a covenant of faith. Everybody say that with me. A covenant of faith. It says that God, that Abraham believed God, and God counted it as what? Righteousness. We believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. And what? It's accounted to us as? So we are the seed. This is the thing I've been trying to build in this covenant aspect of it. Is that we are now the seed of Abraham. That covenant of faith we have entered into by faith in Christ Jesus. So let's look at Abraham and the covenant. What were some of the things that that Abraham received through this covenant. One of the things was he prospered. He prospered in famine. He prospered in difficult times. He prospered. Look in uh, Genesis 13. You're right there. Verse 1. So Abraham went up from Egypt. Remember, he'd been in Egypt. To the Negev with his wife. And everything he had and lot went with him. Abraham had become very wealthy in livestock, in silver and gold. Now, it says he had became very wealthy. Where had he became wealthy? Where was he when he became wealthy? He was in Egypt. Thank you. Pay attention, class. <laughs> we just read that he came up out of Egypt. It's an open book test, so you can open to Genesis 13. He just came up out of Egypt. Isn't that what the Scripture said? And he had become very wealthy. Where did he become wealthy? In Egypt. See, we may be in the world, but that doesn't mean that we have to be on the world. 
God wants to prosper you. Part of that covenant was that God would prosper him. And he did. He, he prospered him by, by, you know, he enjoyed God's favor. I mean, here was Pharaoh. Pharaoh just loaded him down. Silver, gold, cattle, camels, servants. Wow. Says he came out of Egypt. Man, I mean, and get this now. This shows you the power of covenant. Abraham just got through lying about everything. Well, he did. No use covering it up. God put it there in the scriptures. He must wanted us to know about it. In other words, Abraham wasn't perfect. God didn't bless him because Abraham was perfect. He blessed him because Abraham believed God. If you're waiting for God to bless you, you know, for you to get perfect so that God can bless you, you're not going to get too much. But if you begin to just trust God and say, you know what, I'm trusting in Jesus, that he, Jesus is more than enough, that what, what I needed to fulfill, Jesus already has done. He's already provided for me. He's already provided righteousness. He's already provided the, the sacrifice that, I, that was needed for my sin. Amen. There's nothing lacking, nothing that needed to be done that wasn't done. Every I is dotted. Every T has been crossed. And like I said, if God didn't want you to have it, then why would He give it to you? Come on. God's not toying with us. God's not playing games with us. He wants us to have it. It says that He prospered. He had become very wealthy in livestock and silver and gold. It went on to say, you know, and here's the thing, you know, Lot had enough sense to just hang out with Abraham, and Lot got the, got the, the spillover. Amen. And it says that Lot had become wealthy too, just from the spillover. Hallelujah. You know, it, 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 just a side note here, it pays about who you fellowship with. I'm talking about who you're close with, you know. We all got family and friends that, that are not saved. We're not saying that we don't have anything to do with those, but I'm talking about, you know, those believers. I mean, you know, don't hang out with unbelieving believers. Unbelieving unbelievers is one thing, but unbelieving believers is another thing. That's what will hurt your faith the most, because you expect unbelievers to be unbelieving. Amen? But who you hang out with, it's important who you fellowship with, where you hear the Word of God at, who, who, you're, who, you're, who your prayer life is revolving around, who do, you, who do you fellowship with. It's important, it's valuable and invaluable to you. So it says he prospered. And, you know, and, uh, because he prospered, he was able to fulfill the will of God. Amen? Prosperity is part of God's will for your life. It's part of the covenant. You know, God's got things he wants to do, and it takes finances. You know, every month, you know, we're, we're in uh, Pakistan every month. Uh, we're in India. Every month we're in Africa. You know, and we're, we're teaching that live. We're teaching pastors live every month there. Not to mention that our mission's giving. You can go online and see where your missions is going. That all uh, the different places where, you know, uh, your finances are helping to promote the gospel and plant churches and raise up pastors and leaders in the body of Christ. Amen? And really, that's what our prosperity is about. Everything else is just, you know, is this extra. That nice car you drive, God wants you to have a nice car. That's fine, but that's extra. Do you hear me? That, that's, that's a spillover. 
The real blessing is what? We can finance the gospel. We can bless other people. We can lift them up, amen, and show them the light in the darkness. That's what it's all about. And God wants you to have enough to do that and what? So that you can be blessed yourself. Amen? Says that said in one place that Abraham and Lot were so blessed that they had to finally just separate. The land couldn't support them. Wouldn't it be great, you know, if the bank called you up and said, you know what, uh, Mr. Smith, you're going to have to take, take some of your deposits and put them in another bank because you've reached your limit here. We don't insure over 250000 Well, that wouldn't be a bad visit to the bank, would it? You say, oh, you're talking pie in the sky. Well, okay. Then that's where, that's where your pie will be. So don't be looking for your pie down here. And don't come complaining to me when you don't have no pie. Because you already said your pie is in the sky. It, it amazes me. I mean, some people, you know, they, they're, they're talking about putting everything off. And then, you know, they come and mumble and grumble about because they don't have nothing. Well, you're the one that's putting it all off. Abraham, man, I'm telling you what. You think? Did you think Abraham said, "You know what, Pharaoh? You know, you know, I lied to you about my wife and everything, and I, you know, you just keep that gold and keep those camels and keep those donkeys, and I, you know, I don't really need them." He must not have done that. He because it says when he went up out of Egypt, he was very wealthy with livestock, silver, and gold. So must have been the last place he was was the place he got it. The wealth of the wicked, what does the Scripture say? You know, we're seeing unusual things happen. I know in my lifetime, you know, seeing two things that's happened in my lifetime. The, the, the wall there in Germany, the communist wall, to see that come down. I, I, I didn't think I, I, I would for sure would see that in my lifetime. Yet look what God did. He opened up all those nations, the Soviet bloc, to the gospel. Think about how many millions have come in in the last 30 years. And now we see Roe versus Wade overturned. Who would have thought we would see that in our lifetime? There are walls coming down. Don't you tell me that God's people's praying don't make a difference. Don't you tell me that God's not moving in the earth. He is moving by the power of His Spirit. He is responding to the power of God's people in prayer. And listen, so, you know... The word God gave us in January, anybody remember what it was? Move on. Exodus 14, God told the children of Israel, Pharaoh was back here, the Red Sea was right here. He said, he said it's time to move on. He was triumphant. We're talking about the covenant here. He was triumphant over his enemies. Remember in, in, in Genesis 14, all oh, the kings came out and took, you know, took the Sodom and Gomorrah, and they had the big battle, you know, five kings versus the, the two kings, and, you know, and they were overcome, and they took Lot and everybody else. It says that Abraham just, listen, Abraham had prospered so much, he could raise his own army. Wow. That's pretty good, isn't it? I mean, that's what he did. He said he, he raised an army out of the servants in his own household. He put his army together, and he went out, and I mean, he whipped them boys. Five kings, he whipped them, took them, took them captive, took all their spoil, took everything. 
Well, don't tell me that God can't give you victory. And God has triumph. God's word for us in this covenant is we are more than conquerors. Isn't that what he tells us? We're more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. We're called to be triumphant. We're called to, to have victory over uh, the works of darkness, over the enemy that comes against us. We're not saying that you won't have contradiction. What we're saying is God's called you to triumph over the contradiction, to have victory. God wants us to have a note of victory about our life, not a, not a note of defeat. It says when the, the, the Hebrew children came out of the furnace, it said they didn't even have the smell of smoke on them. Wow. Man, I can't even grill without getting smell of smoke on me. I mean, you know, that, that's a pretty amazing thing God did. I mean, not only did they not burn, their clothes did not burn, they didn't even smell like smoke. Now, that's, that's victory. That's victory. And as we come through things and as we come out of things, you know, God doesn't want us to have the smell of smoke on us. You know what that smell of smoke's like? It's that whine. I don't know why this has happened to me. I tried to serve God and do the right thing, and I just don't know. Now I've been praying for an hour, and nothing's happened. You know, you know what that smoke is like. It gets in your eyes. You know, it obscures you. You can't see. I mean, anybody that's been in a fire or a fireman can tell you smoke is usually one of the biggest things that get more people than the actual fire does and the enemy wants to light fires in our life and he wants to smoke to blind us to what God's covenant really is he's called us to victory church he called us to triumph over all our enemies no matter what faces us amen and we as we already mentioned he enjoyed God's favor he had favor with God he had favor wherever he went. He had favor with, with Pharaoh. He had favor with King Abimelech. I mean, even Abimelech added to his riches. I mean, wherever he went, Pharaoh, I mean, you know, Pharaohs and kings, they said, man, there's something about this man. He's got a covenant with God. I'm telling you, he's got favor with God. I wanna, man, I want to be on this guy's good side. Let's give him some good, let's give him some silver and gold. Let's load him down with some camels and some... Let's get on his good side. Abraham's got favor with God, with Almighty God. Man, I'm telling you what, he's the kind of God I want to be connected to. Because when I run into trouble, he's the kind of person I need on my side. Who's on your side when times of trouble come? Unbelieving believers? That you've been trying to convince for 20 years to believe? I'm telling you, the day of trouble, they won't be much help. I'm not trying to criticize anybody. I'm not calling anybody's names. But I'm just trying to tell you the truth is your pastor. I'm telling you, I want somebody that's got some backbone. I want somebody that's got some faith in them. I want somebody that's got some word in them. I want somebody that trusts and believes God is bigger than any contradiction that comes into to our lives. That's who I want in the foxhole with me. That's who I want believing with me. Amen. So, you know, he enjoyed God's favor. Did you know that you, under this covenant, have the favor of God? Amen. You have the favor of God. Not because you earned it. Not because you deserve it. If I do you a favor, I mean, you know, you, 
by definition, that can't be because you earned it. It's got to be something that's motivating me. And, for, and on God's behalf, it's His love, isn't it? Isn't it love that motivates God toward us? For God so loved the world. We hadn't forgot that basic scripture, have we? That He gave His only begotten Son. And He said if He gave up His Son, that which is the most valuable that He has, how much more will He not freely give us all things? So we've got favor. Say this, I have favor with God and with man. Let's say that again. I have favor with God and with man. One more time. I have favor with God and favor with man. You got favor. You're God's, one of God's favorites. You've got favor with God. You're facing a situation. You know what you've got? You've got favor. Hallelujah. I'm glad I got favor with God and with man, aren't you? <laughs> Hallelujah. Of course, we already mentioned that he made him, made him rich. And also, Abraham became the father of faith. The most important thing of all. He became the father of faith. Hallelujah. Wouldn't you like to have God refer to you that way? Man, I'm telling you what. I like that brother Bruce. He's a man of faith. Amen. I like that Sister Teresa. She's a sister of faith. She's a daughter of faith. Who, you know, I want to be known as somebody who trusted God. A person of faith. More than blessed, more than healed, more than all of these things. I want to be known what as a person of faith. That I trusted God. In the face of the contradiction. Listen, it's easy to trust God when everything's going your way. Man, you're feeling good in your body. Your bank account's fat and good. and You know, even the cat's doing what you want. Boy, you know things are going right when the cat's doing what you want. Some of you never owned a cat, so you don't get it. They have a mind of their own. That's why I have a puppy dog. But it says he became the father of faith. Let's look over in Romans 4 real quickly. How you doing out there? I know this is real basic, but you know what? This is where we live. Every day, every day is a new day. And a lot of days, they're what, we, what I call ordinary days. You know, I love ordinary days. Amen? Those days when there's no tests, and there's no trials, there's no, no new crisis, where there's peace and tranquility, where you're enjoying the blessing of God. I like those ordinary days. But you know what? Not every day is an ordinary day. The crisis of life is going to come. The contradiction is going to come. Jesus said they would. He said, in the world, you're going to have tribulation. He said, but be of good cheer. That seems like a strange thing to follow that. He said, why? Because I've overcome the world. Because he's overcome, we can. Let's look in verse uh, 16. Therefore, the promise comes by faith. How does the promise come to us? All the promises of God in Christ Jesus are yes and amen. Peter said that God has given unto us everything that pertains to life and godliness 
through exceeding great and precious promises. Hallelujah. By exceeding great and precious promises. So how will the promise come to you? Oh, come on, guys. We just read it. By what? Where did Abraham come out of? It's a test. Comes by faith so that it may be by grace. How does God want to bless you? By grace. How does salvation come to you? I'm on, you know what? I think I need to get my discipleship 101 course back out. And we're going to go through that over the next three months. Some of us have forgotten our lessons, our basic lessons. How, how does God's blessing come to us? By grace. By grace. You didn't earn a single one. Just get off of your high horse right now. You didn't earn them. It was by grace you've been saved through faith. By grace you've been healed through faith. By grace you have peace through faith. By grace you are delivered through faith. Therefore the promise comes by faith so that it might be by grace and may be guaranteed to all Abraham's offspring. Not only those who are of the law, but also those who have the faith of Abraham. Well, we're not justified by keeping the Ten Commandments or keeping the law of Moses. We're justified by faith in Christ Jesus, who is the seed of Abraham. And if you be Christ, then are you Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Thank you. To those who have the faith of Abraham, he is the father of us all, as it is written. I've made you a father of many nations. He is our father in the sight of God, in whom he believed. The God who gives life to the dead and calls into being things that were not. Let's read that next verse too. Against all hope, Abraham and hope believed. That's what it's all about when the contradiction comes. Against all hope. You know what contradiction wants to tell you? Not this time. No, you're not. No, 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 no. God's not going to come through this time. He's not going to deliver this time. He's not going to bless this time. He's not going to provide this time. He's not going to heal this time. I mean, yeah, he did that over there, but I mean, that was that. This is big. I mean, this is big. And you know, the, the enemy always wants to magnify the contradiction. He wants to magnify it. He wants to talk it up. Oh, this is big. This is Goliath. This is huge. This is big. You never faced this before. Boy, this is bigger than anything you've ever seen. Bigger. I mean, this is big. Big, 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 big. And see, so the next thing you know, you pick that up. You know what? This is pretty big. And after all, the doctor did say. The banker did say. The checkbook did say. And then interesting how we can go down the litany of all these things that have a voice. But where's God's voice? If you repeat the contradiction, the contradiction is going to rule you. 
But if you will grab hold of the covenant by faith, then the covenant will begin to rule. The covenant will begin to, to work in your life. The promises of God will begin to manifest in your life. The power of God will begin to manifest in your life. And so you can be like Abraham when there seems to be no hope, when it seems to be hopeless. Against natural human hopelessness, there is hope from God because it's by grace. Oh, hallelujah. Has God run out of grace? What does the Bible tell us in Romans 5? Where sin did abound, grace does much more abound. One translation says it superabounds. Boy, I like that. Super grace. I don't need superman. I got super grace. I got the superman in Christ Jesus. The original superman. Hallelujah. Amen. He don't need to fly. He knows how to translate. Boom. Heaven to earth and back again. Not only that, he can translate you from one place to the other. He did Philip. Hallelujah. Somebody said, oh, pastor, you, you, you know, you're talking all this big stuff. Well, you know what? God's a big, big God. Against all hope, Abraham and hope believed, and so became the father of many nations. He became the father of faith. Now, Abraham, he faced contradictions, didn't he? Now, here's, here's a contradiction. Abraham, when he was in Egypt, he prayed for Pharaoh, and Pharaoh was healed. And not only was Pharaoh healed, but his wives were healed, and they conceived. Later on, he prayed. He did the same thing again with King Abimelech. He repented. He prayed for King Abimelech, and all King Abimelech's wives and servants, they conceived. So let me ask you this. Why didn't he pray and have Sarah conceive? That's a pretty good question, isn't it? He dealt with a contradiction in his own life, didn't he? What did Jesus say when he went to Nazareth? He said, surely you'll tell me, say this proverb to me, physician, heal thyself. What we've heard you do in Capernaum, do here among us. And he says that he could do no mighty work there. Why? Because of what? Unbelief. Here's the contradiction, sometimes even in our own life. We can have faith in one area of our life, and yet we can be struggling in another area. Don't look at me in that tone of voice. You know I'm telling you the truth. Isn't that right? Right, right today, we could write down some things where we've got victory. I mean, the covenant is working in our lives. I mean, it's, we've got victory. Maybe it's in our finances. Maybe it's in our marriage. Maybe it's with relationships. Maybe it's, uh, maybe it's with health in our body. But there might be another area where you don't have the victory right now, where the contradiction seems like it's ruling and reigning in your life. And that's the whole thing. What did Abraham do in the midst of that? Because he certainly had a glaring contradiction, did he not? Can we all agree with that? For almost 25 years. Somebody said, well, what? well, Pastor, why, why do you think, you know, he didn't have the victory in that? Why, didn't you, why do you think it took this while? Well, we can talk about some things in general, but the main thing is, is Deuteronomy 29, 29. 
You need to remember that verse. The Bible says that the things that are revealed unto us, are, are God has given to us and our children, He said, they're for us. But He said, the secret things belong unto the Lord our God. God don't always tell you everybody else's business. Now, I know some people want, wish they did. Some people think He does. But He don't tell. God doesn't go around blabbing about other people's problems unless, unless He knows you'll pray. And you won't go blab it too. Thank you. Amen. I remember Brother Hagin talking about one time, you know, he asked Jesus. I mean, Jesus appeared to him in a vision. And right at the end of the vision, he, 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 asked, he said, Lord, could I ask you a question? He said, yeah. So he asked him a question about somebody, you know, why they didn't get their healing or whatever. And, and Jesus quoted him that verse. And he said, you know what? He said, if I'd have wanted you to know, I'd have told you. That put it pretty straight, didn't it? He said, that straightened me out real quick. God don't want you to know everything. Listen, we're not built to carry that kind of load. I don't want to know everything. I don't want to know everything that's going to be coming on the earth. Lord of mercy, I got enough just dealing with my stuff. I don't need to know what's going to happen in Russia the next 50 years. I'll leave that in God's capable hands. Now, God shows me something. He says, pray about it. I'm going to pray about it, but then I'm going to give it to God. But I don't need to know everything. Amen? The more you know, the more you got to deal with. So no son for 25 years. I mean, that's a contradiction. How did he deal with that? He said, against hope, he what? Believed in hope. He goes on to say, so shall our offspring be. Verse 19, without weakening in his faith. Listen, contradiction doesn't mean that your faith has to get weakened. Actually, what you know what? If we deal with the contradiction correctly, it will strengthen our faith. It will strengthen our faith. Hallelujah. Because in the face of contradiction, I look at the covenant, I say, against all the natural contradictions in my circumstances. I choose to believe God. I choose to believe God's promise. I believe, choose to believe in God's goodness, God's grace, God's integrity, God's power, God's love. If you being evil know how to give good things to your children, how much more will your Heavenly Father give good things to those who ask Him? So he says, without weakening faith, he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead since he was about 100 years old. Not too many people becoming papa at 100, are there? And Sarah was, uh, womb was dead because she was about 90. Yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God. What did he regard? What did he regard? What kept him strong? What did he regard? So what did he disregard? You're doing better. You're doing better. So you need to remember that when you leave here. You know, I'm kind of teasing you about it, but when you leave here, you better remember this lesson, simple as it is. What to regard and what to disregard. We're not saying that those, the facts aren't there, but you know what? When it comes to God's promise, I'm disregarding that. 
I'm regarding the promise. I'm regarding God's integrity. I'm regarding God's goodness. I'm regarding God's grace. Yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith. What strengthened him? When he regarded the promise of God. And you know what will strengthen you? When you regard the promise of God in the face of your contradiction. He was strengthened and gave glory to God. You know what? Some of you need to give, start giving glory to God before you see it. He said, before you see it. Before you feel it in your body. You need to start giving glory to God. Being fully persuaded. You know what was happening all these years? He was becoming fully persuaded. Because this promise was the most important part of the whole covenant. If Abraham hadn't prospered, really wouldn't have mattered that much to you and I today. We'd just say, well, bless his heart. But I want to tell you what, if Abraham had not believed in the face of contradiction and grown strong in faith, giving glory to God and become fully persuaded, I'm going to tell you what, the seed, Christ Jesus, would not have been able to come into the earth. And if He hadn't come into the earth, we'd still be in our sins. So, I mean, this was, this was a big, 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 big promise in the covenant. See, sometimes we get caught up with the side benefits. We want to make them the major when they're the minor. Let's major on the majors. Let's minor on the minors. Amen. Gave glory to God. He became fully persuaded that God had power to do what He had promised. Can you, in spite of the contradictions you're facing right now in your life, become fully persuaded that God's power is greater and that what He has promised in His Word to you, He is well able to perform it? Look in Hebrews 6 real quickly. Talking about Abraham here. Well, let's back up to 13. When God had made promise to Abraham, since there was no one greater for him to swear by, he swore by himself, saying, Surely I will bless you, give you many descendants. And so after waiting patiently, Abraham received what was promised. You know, sometimes we have to put patience to work with our faith. By faith and patience, we obtain the promise. That's what happened with Abraham. And maybe you're going through a time where your patience is being put to work. Listen, it's a time when you're going to be strengthened. It's a time when you're going to grow in your faith. It's a time when you can grow in your relationship with God. Or it can be a time when you back up, when you fall back, when you decline, when you allow fear and doubt to grip your heart. And you get stuck in a place of contradiction. Boy, there's no place worse than to be stuck in a place of contradiction. You know, uh, what's it called uh, on the beach for the riptides that want to pull you, that pull you, want to pull you out the ocean? Did I get that right? They call them riptides. 
You know, and they say, you know, what you got to do is you can't, you know, if you try to swim against it, unless you're a very, very strong swimmer, you know, you're going to lose. You're going to get tired and get swept out. But he said, if you will swim what? They say, swim parallel. And see, when, when contradiction comes, sometimes we try to hit it head on and, and we feel so weak. But, you know, if we put patience to work, maybe what we do is we swim parallel to the riptide, to the contradiction current. And we reach that place where the Holy Spirit says, okay, here's the place. And then we can move forward. You're right there in Hebrews. Look at Hebrews 8, verse 6. He says, But in fact, the ministry Jesus has received is as superior to theirs, talking about the old covenant, as the covenant of which he is mediator is superior to the old one, since the new covenant is established on better promises. If Abraham received all that he did, under that covenant and we have a better covenant how much more how much more how much more has God given us the victory through Christ Jesus amen a better covenant everybody say that a better covenant all right one last scripture and then we're going to pray Galatians We've looked at this before, but I want to look at it one more time before we leave this topic. Galatians 3, verse 13. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us, for it is written, Cursed is everyone who is hung on a pole. He redeemed us in order that the blessing given to Abraham might come to the Gentiles through Christ Jesus so that by faith we might receive the promise of the Spirit. Then let's look down in verse 29. If you belong to Christ, then are you Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Now we said that the, the covenant was made between Abraham and his seed, Christ Jesus. So the covenant is made between an infallible God and, an, and a perfect, infallible Savior. That's what causes the covenant to stand. Not you. Not your faith. Your faith doesn't cause it. Now, it causes you to receive the benefits of it. But the covenant is between God and His seed, Christ Jesus. But He said, if you will be a person of faith, putting your faith in Christ Jesus as Savior and Lord, then you come into the benefits of the covenant and you're referred to as the seed not seeds seed what we are one body are we not we are one in Christ Jesus now I know as Americans that's hard for us to fathom we're so individualistic minded see we think we're holding God up we think we're holding the covenant up. No. Good news is you're not. And for one person here, I'm glad that you're not. And you ought to be glad that I'm not. I'm glad Jesus is the one that, that's holding the covenant up. That's why it's infallible. That's why it can't fail. 
That's why it's everlasting. That's why it's a better covenant. And see, when we put our faith in Jesus, He said, then, you, then are you Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. So praise God. I get in on the promise. Jesus did all the heavy lifting. I get in all the benefits. Let me ask you a couple of questions here. What's the focal point of your faith life? Is it yourself? Is it your needs? Is it your desires? It's the, fo- the focal point of our faith life, it ought to be the Lord Jesus Christ in this new covenant. Because in the covenant, in Him, I have all that I need. Paul Didn't Paul write over there, he said, in Him we live and move and have our being. Everything we need is in Him. No matter what your contradiction you're facing today, I'm going to tell you what, in Christ Jesus is the solution. In Christ Jesus is the supply. In Christ Jesus is the healing. In Christ Jesus is the peace. You don't have to go try to get it, you know, get up, you know, mountains of faith and everything. Jesus said, if you've got faith, there's a grain of mustard seed, you can move the mountain. Hallelujah. I bet you've got that much faith if you're saved. I know you're bound to, because the Bible says, if you're saved, you've been given a measure of faith. And if you've added to it even a little bit through the years... You've got faith to receive. I said, you have faith to receive. Now, the enemy may have talked you out of believing that you have faith to receive. He's done that to a lot of Christians. And you know how he does that? With the contradiction. Because you have a contradiction doesn't mean you have no faith. I'm going to say that again. Because you have a contradiction in your life doesn't mean you have no faith. Because if that was true, then Abraham didn't have any faith. All the saints, look over there in Hebrews 11. I mean, every one of those faced contradictions, didn't they? Of some kind in nature that they overcame by faith. And so you and I now, we're writing out our chapter, if you will, of this walk of faith. Of being a part of the body of Christ, the bride of Christ. So what is the focal point of your faith life? And then something I would encourage you to do purpose to become more covenant-minded. Proper covenant-minded. The covenant is between Almighty God and His Son, Jesus Christ. And by faith in Jesus Christ, then I become an heir to the covenant. But I am not the one who has kept the covenant. I'm the one who gets the benefit. Jesus is the one through his obedience, his full obedience, has ratified the new covenant that I now get to enjoy. Can you see that? Believe that. That's grace. See, grace is I didn't earn it. Jesus earned it. Jesus Jesus earned it for me. There's nothing left to do except receive. Amen. Would you bow your heads? I want to pray for you. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it and pray that you are blessed by God's Word. For more information about Passion Church, visit www.mypassion.church.